took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to Him, and He answered my prayer. I looked to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. This week, our youth and our leaders are heading to youth camp. I love camp. Like, I, I, I wish I was going with them this week. It was, such a, it was such a transformational time in my spiritual walk. And every year, our youth group, Waco, Texas, would travel to Camp Mountain View. Now, how many of you uh, grew up and anybody went into Camp Mountain View? Am I the only one here in Jacksonville, Texas? Okay, you guys missed a treat. I'm talking a, a big time treat. They had these mattresses that were about this thick, you know, and they were about that wide, you know, and, and, and the AC sometimes worked, but the services at night were in the tabernacle, and I will never forget the summer when they finally decided to let us Wear shorts. Come on, somebody. I mean, we, went, we were having to play games in jeans and jeans and all that kind of stuff. But that's where the North Texas District would host uh, youth camps and hopes kids camps. And attended Royal Ranger campouts there during my teen years. And, and uh, since the late 90s, uh, we have now are in our beautiful uh, camp, Lakeview. And, uh, but I want to tell you, Mountain View always has a special place in my heart. Why? Because it's where I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was where, uh, as a teenager, that God confirmed the call of God on my life. Now, Mountain View Camp was about two and a half hours away from our church. So every summer, we would have to load up, and we'd take a pilgrimage uh, to the camp and uh, drive through the highway to get to the camp. And, and anytime you're with a group of teenagers in a van or a church van, uh, the music selection is important, all right? It's very important now. In the late 80s, if you had a cassette player in your church van, then you would like hit the jackpot. I mean, like that was like, I mean, the, the no eight track player in there. It was a, if you had a, you know, more than the radio, just a cassette player, you'd hit, you were living the high life, if you will. Now there, there was no connecting the phone to the Bluetooth or anything like that. There was no CD to put in the CD player. And, uh, you know, we were stuck a lot of time listening to whatever Steve Archer or second chapter of Acts cassette tape that the youth pastor had brought. Thank God for Walkman's. All right, come on. So a couple of years, my friend Brian and I made what we referred to as camp or bust. It was a mixtape. We polled our youth group before, and we would get their favorite songs and, you know, kind of take a poll, and we created a top 10 list of our youth group's favorite songs. We put this mixtape together, and we just didn't put the songs on there. In fact, if you know Brian and me, we couldn't just put songs on there. We actually had to host it. So here's 15, 16-year-old Rusty and Brian make, uh, 
acting like we're DJs for this camp mixtape. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I don't know if anybody else really cared about it, but the two of us, we actually loved it. And so we got our family's jam box. How many have one of those jam box? Like, and the reason we got my family's jam box, because because we, we were like really uh, high end. We had one that had uh, dual, like dual cassette players. So you could record from this cassette to the next cassette. And then ours actually had a microphone with it. So this was how we would, you know, we were handing the microphone back and forth as we were recording this, you know, and there was no editing like today, you know, you can't just record it and put it in a computer program and throw it all into one MP3. No, it was, it was, uh, it was old school. I'm talking that we spent hours holed up in the laundry room of our house because it was the farthest, uh, farthest end of the house from the, from the bedrooms and, and didn't want to disturb parents and all that kind of stuff. And so we we, we would uh, then, after we finished recording the first copy, we would have to take the first copy of our mixtape and record a second one for the second van because, you know, we wanted them to be blessed just like our van was going to be blessed with, with this. And so, you know, I'm not sure anybody else cared, but boy, we had a blast doing it. In fact, I messaged Brian this week. I said, man, do you, do you have, I, I know you gave me a copy of that at some point. It's probably in a box somewhere, but do you have a copy of that? And he said, yeah, somewhere. But uh, I said, well, I was, I'm writing this sermon. I really wanted to listen to it while I'm writing the sermon, he goes, you would have been distracted. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and then he said, thank uh, You're welcome. I think is what he said when I said, yeah, I would have been too distracted probably to think. And he said, you're welcome. There's something about a pilgrimage together. Like I always thought as a youth pastor, if I could get a kid to go on a trip with me, then, then they would become a part of our youth group. There's something about when you do something together, when you take a pilgrimage together, when you go to meet uh, especially a pilgrimage like going to youth camp or kids camp where you're going to meet with God. Singing songs on the way to meet with God is nothing new. In fact, beginning in Psalm 120, there's 15 psalms that are dubbed the songs of the ascent. Ten of the psalms are anonymous, four are attributed to David, one is attributed to Solomon. And these psalms were selected to form a hymnal, if you will, or a mixtape to be used by the people who went to Jerusalem for three annual festivals, the Passover in the spring, the festival of Pentecost in early summer, and tabernacles in the autumn. The pilgrims would uh, sing these songs together as they journeyed in family groups to Jerusalem. And this helped to focus their mind on what the Lord had done for their nation. So during this summer series, we're going to look at several of these psalms, or songs, if you will. And today we're starting with Psalm 120. He says, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will he increase your punishment? You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. How I suffer in far off Meshech. It pains me to live in distant Kedar. I am tired of living among people who hate peace. I search for peace, but when I speak of peace, they want war. Now this seems kind of like an odd 
place song to, to sing while you're heading to meet with God? I mean, shouldn't you be singing something about going, you know, I'm going to meet God. I'm going, uh, you know, revive, songs of revival and refreshing and renewal. Those are the kinds of songs that we think that we should be singing when we're making a journey to go meet with God. And he's, here he's talking about a lying tongue and people wanting war and not, and not peace. And in fact, if you were going to put this song in a modern day genre, it would have to be a blues song. I mean, it would have to. It's, it's a classic blues song where someone's lamenting their problems. Warren Risby writes this, and it says, it appears that the author of this psalm was in the same situation as the writer of Psalm 42. Circumstances prevented him from attending the feast, so he had to stay home among people who made life difficult for him. The singing of this psalm would remind the pilgrims that they were indeed privileged to be able to go to Jerusalem and that others would have liked to go with them. It also reminded the travelers that when they returned home, they needed to carry some of the blessing to those who had stayed behind and to help make life easier for them. The psalm reminds believers today that worship is a privilege and the blessings we receive must be shared. So how do we turn our mess into a message? How do we turn our burdens into a blessing, our problems into a possibility? It's all in how we respond when we're faced with lies and we're faced with deceit. This psalm reminds us how to respond when others speak lies about us. The first thing, and write this in your notes, if you got a bulletin this morning, you can open it up and there's notes inside. If you want to follow along online, you can go to connectedhope.com and click on the Bible app and you can follow along with us there. But the first thing is this, is to take your troubles to the Lord. Take your troubles to the Lord. He said this in verse one, the very first thing he says is, I took my troubles to to the Lord. I cried out to him and he answered my prayer. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. So one thing I find interesting is that the psalmist wasn't in a physical war. He wasn't in a, 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 I'm fighting physically with you. You know, he didn't have a black eye or anything. What he was in was a war of words. This is something that we can relate to in our modern context because today's cancel culture coupled with modern technology has made it easier for someone to attack someone else. If you are in any kind of leadership position, you may have found yourself on the wrong end of a social media attack. The psalmist obviously felt that he was in the right and that those who were attacking him were in the wrong and that they were lying. And not only were they lying, but they were being deceitful. The ESV uses the phrase, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. These phrases in the original language point to an issue with someone's words. They're, they're flat out lying and intentionally deceiving others, maybe only telling part of the truth to make themselves look better. See, in our culture, we want to quickly hit the send button and fire off a reply that would vindicate us. However, the right response is found in the opening line of the song. He says, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him. So who are we taking our troubles to? Do we take our troubles to our friends? Do we take our troubles to our spouse? Do we take our troubles to our boss? Do we take our troubles to our employer? Do we take our troubles to our social media following? 2 Samuel chapter 22 says this, David sang this song to the Lord on the day that the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. He sang, the Lord is my rock, 
my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my Savior, the one who saves me from violence. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The waves of destruction overwhelmed me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried out to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. David could have celebrated that God delivered him. David, the only reason that David could celebrate that God delivered him was because he called on the Lord. Think about that. Can that be said of us? That we called on the Lord who was worthy of praise and that he heard our cry and that he delivered us from our enemies? So, so this brings me to the second point this morning is this, is that we have to trust God with our enemies. Trust God with your enemies. Look at verse 3. Are you all with me this morning Say amen? He says, oh, deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will he increase your punishment? You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. Now when, now, when faced with lies and deceit, our first response is not typically, what will God do to you? <laughs> so let, let me, you know, there's a song right now. Try Jesus, don't try me. Because I throw hands. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen that before. Or maybe you've seen some of these shirts that are out there. I saw one the other day that that said, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm from the south side of the kingdom. (laughs) So don't play with me. (laughs) There's another one that says, half hood, half holy, don't play with... uh, Pray with me, don't play with me, you know, type thing. So, I, I, I mean, maybe you're from, maybe you've seen that. So maybe our response is, is, uh, is not what will God do to you, but what will I do to you? Maybe we create a keyboard militia to go to war on our behalf. Maybe we start trying to get even. Maybe we, maybe we want to get, not only get even, but we want to get ahead. Maybe we want to make them feel just a little bit of the pain that they've caused us. What our response is, should be as, oh, deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? Not, oh, deceptive tongue, what will I do to you? What, what our response is, is God, I'm gonna trust you with my enemies. Some translation uses the phrase, warrior's sharp arrows. The warrior in this in psalm is God. He's the, he's the ultimate warrior, if you will. He's the eternal warrior. He's the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. And so he's the one to take vengeance. So we trust him with our enemies. And then what do we do? What do we do when we trust God with our enemies? We wait. I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait at all. Like when I go to Chick-fil-A to get my number one, come on, somebody. When I go to Chick-fil-A, I'm looking, there's two, there's two lines there. I'm counting vehicles. You know what I'm saying? And there's some people, I'm like, why are y'all getting in this line over here? There's five cars and there's only two cars over here, right here. And then I have my order saved on my app because I don't want to even wait to tell that girl the same thing over and over. Now they just call me by name. Mr. Russi, how are you doing today? Uh, yeah, it's embarrassing, I know. 
And you, you go, I, I go up there, because why? I don't, I don't want to wait. When I go to Disney World or Disneyland with my family, we pull the app down and we look at the wait times and we're like, I'm not riding that. I'm not waiting an hour and a half for that ride. I'm not waiting an hour and a half for that two-minute Avatar ride that's cheesy. Like, I ain't doing it. Like, we rode that one time, never again. If it's 10-minute wait, I ain't riding that ride. Didn't like it, didn't care for it. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand an hour and a half in the Star Wars line because it's, it's, it's the best ride in, in the world. But there's some rides I ain't going to stay in five minutes. I mean, if I can't walk on, I don't want to ride it. Why? Because I don't want to wait. So when we come to God and we say, God, I'm taking my troubles to you, and he says, okay, I'll take care of it, and we just have to wait, Psalm 37 says this, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their evil schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Now, that's, that's completely... Uh, Different than what our culture tells us to do. It tells us to, that we need to act, that we need to get online and just begin to tell everybody all of our problems and what this company did to us and what this person said to us. And, that, and if we're really passive aggressive, then, then what we'll do is we'll, we'll do this thing where we, we uh, give the scenario, but we don't name the person. You know, they know who we're talking about. Our close friends who we've already gossiped about it, uh, know about it, but, but everybody else doesn't. So everybody just comes on and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Prayers. <laughs> you take matters into your own hands. We take our matters into our own hands. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I, if I sent every social media response that I, if, you know, I, you know, the Lord's helped me over the years. I don't even type them out anymore, but used to, I would type them out. And it sure made me feel good, but then I wouldn't hit sin. And then I started thinking, man, if I ever hit sin on one of these things, it's going to be bad. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be real bad. There, people are going to be like, the pastor said that? I can't believe the pastor said I can't believe it. He's a man of God. He, he said that to him about that, and he challenged him. But I'm going to tell you, I want to in my spirit, but I've learned over time, trust God. Trust God. My girls will, will tell you this. I'll say, that's not going to matter in 10 years. That's not going to matter in 10 years. It's not going to matter in eternity. What he said, she said, they said, he said, we said, all that stuff, it's not going to matter. So what are we to do? He says, we're to wait patiently for him to act. He said, we're not to worry. We're to stop being angry. We're to trust in the Lord when lies are being told about you, guys, and listen, this is what this psalm is, Psalm 120. Lies were being told about it. A web of deceit had been weaved. When those things are happening around you, trust God with your enemies. I don't know if you've heard the story of Dr. Larry Nasser. He, he, he's famous because of the biggest scandal in U.S. gymnastics history. He used his position as the team physician to sexually abuse countless number of young gymnasts. One of his victims, her name was Rachel Den Hollander. And here's what she said. She's a lawyer now, but she's also a Christian. And she said this. She said, I trust in God's justice and release anger 
and a desire for personal vengeance. It does not mean that I minimize or mitigate or excuse what he has done. It does not mean that I, I pursue justice on earth any less zealously. It simply means that I release personal vengeance against him and I trust God's justice, whether he chooses to meet that out purely, eternally, or both in heaven and on earth. This is one of those moments that Pastor Jimmy reminded us about last week. We have to remember that he is God and we are not. Our trust is that he is able to handle it better than we could ever handle it. So the third thing this morning is this, is to pursue peace. Now I'm not talking, you know, there's gonna be times in life that you, you may not have peace with someone else but you can have peace with God. In verse five, he says, how I suffer in far off Meshach and it pains me to live in distant Kedar. I am tired of living among people who hate peace and I search for peace, but when I speak of peace, they want war. Now, when you, when you study this, in the ancient Near East, Meshach was located in Asia Minor. It was to the northwest of Israel. And Kader was a nomadic nation in northern Arabia, southeast of Israel. So they were about as far from each other as you could get. Meshach was, was a Gentile nation, and the people of Kader were descended from Ishmael, Abraham's son, uh, by Hagar. And both peoples were at a great distance from Israel. Now, we don't think much about a great distance now because we can hop on a plane and be somewhere, you know, with a, within a few hours. But when they're on foot or on by animal, it was a great, great distance. And the, both of these people were considered enemies of the Jews. The writer here, though, was not actually dwelling with these people because you can't be in, in Meshach and you can't be in Kedar all at the same time. It would be like being in California, like saying, I was in New York and uh, the people, and I'm in California with the people. No, you, can't, you cannot live at both places at one time, and, and especially when they were thousands of miles apart. Rather, he was dwelling with Jewish people who were behaving like people who lived outside the covenant blessing of God. So they're, they're in a society where they're surrounded by people that are like them physically, but not like them spiritually. Now, I don't know if that sounds anything like the United States of America or the world that we're living in right now, but it's, it is. We are surrounded by people who, who are filled with lies, filled with deceit, who don't know the truth, and yet here we are, and it feels like we are constantly at war that our faith is being attacked, that the circumstances of our life are, are, are being attacked, that the truth is being attacked. Listen, let me tell you something. Don't believe what you read online. Look at the book. Look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? We say it around here. I already said it today with Garrett and Courtney. The Bible is our guidebook for living. All scripture is God-breathed. And we need to take it back to that. Now, just because it doesn't match up with today's modern culture doesn't mean that it's any less truth. 
And so what's happened now is we've had a generation of, of, of people who are now twisting the truth, who are saying, yes, I am a part of this, but they're not. They're not in the covenant blessing because they're walking away from God. They're twisting their lies. They're false teachers. They're attacking the real They're attacking the truth, and what are we supposed to do? Just sit here and take it? Yes, that's what God said to do. He said, bring it to him. He said, take it to him. See, you're working, and you're doing life, and you're living with people who are outside the blessing of God. The sting of their lies and the pain of their deceit causes havoc in our life. It's in those moments when we're surrounded by turmoil that we're to pursue the peace that only comes from God. I love what the psalmist said. He said, I search for peace. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. So our obligation, church, is before God is to seek peace, to search for peace, to work for peace, and to maintain it. So as we wrap up, I want to look back at this verse, the very first line of this song, the very first lyric. It says, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. Did you you see that this morning? Did you see that? The hope that we have in Jesus today is that God hears and he answers our prayers. They would have sung about the dilemma from a place of security because they knew that God had already answered their prayers. They could have sing about the lies and the deceits of the enemy and the deceptive tongue because they knew that they'd called on the Lord and that he'd answered their prayers. They may have been, this may have been about a past struggle or a present conflict, but All they knew is that it was covered by the grace of God. See, when we take our troubles to the Lord, when we trust him with our enemies, when we pursue peace, we can rest in the security and the comfort of our Father in heaven who has already acted on our behalf. Psalm 37, verse 32 says, The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or the, let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroy. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in time of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them and they find shelter in him. Come on, church, that's good news this morning. Would you stand to your feet and give God praise for his word today? God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. God, I just thank you right now that you are who we can trust in the moments when lies and deceit are being told about us in a world, God, where 
We can say one thing and we're and, and our society is quick to try to cancel us or quick to come against our beliefs because it doesn't match up with what our culture says is right. God, we know that you are a very present help in time of trouble. That we can rely on you. That we can say with confidence in Psalm 120 that we took our troubles to the Lord and you heard our cry. And you answered us. God, I pray over this body today. I pray over this church family today. Heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. If you're here in this room this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're watching us online today. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you're away from God today, you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. The scripture tells us if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So if you're here in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand. We're going to pray a prayer together. If you're watching online, you can respond at prayer at hopefamily.tv or putting a comment in the comment section. And I believe that God wants to start a relationship with you. This is not religion. This is a relationship with a heavenly father that loves you so very much. So this morning, when I count to three, if that's you, I want you to respond and say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. We're going to pray a prayer together. If that's you, when I say three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Anyone in this room, anyone online today, come on, would you all pray this prayer with me? Would you say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died rose again and you're the Lord of all thank you for saving me thank you for setting me free in Jesus name amen come on put your hands together today praise God praise God I want to do one more thing today I want to pray over our students that are going to camp as I, as I said camp was a, a, a monumental part of my life growing up. I, I look forward to it every year. I enjoyed the games. I, I enjoyed the service. I enjoyed the friends. I just enjoyed being uh, at, at, that, at that place. And, uh, and still, you know, every time I think about it, uh, just fond, fond memories. And so I just want our students to have a great time today. And so Pastor Ben's going to come up and uh, we're going to do a drawing here after he after we pray over our kids today, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a drawing. You guys have done great in helping us raise money for uh, for our, our kids to go to camp. Uh, and so, do we have everybody's tickets? Everybody turned everything in. You good? Awesome. Awesome. So we're giving away a TV and we're gonna give away a gift card. But first, we're gonna pray because that's really what it's all about. Amen. So would you just pray pray over our, our
starts, there's, we, we have how many, three, three students and two leaders that are going this week. So we're going to pray over that. Pastor Ben, would you lead us in, in prayer this morning over our, our students? Absolutely. God, we love you. And we thank you for these students that are that are so important to this church family. God, they are part of the church. They're not just the future of the church. They're a part of the church right now. And God, you have something in store for them coming up this week. And so God, my, my main prayer for them is that their hearts would be open to what you want to do. God, that they would walk in with no walls built up, that they would walk in ready to go from the first second to receive all that you have for them. God, I've seen too many students waste service after service and, 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 and not pursue you as, as quickly as they could have. God, I pray that these students would go after you with everything that they have from the start. And God, that you would not hold back, but you would pour out your spirit on them. God, that you would call them. God, that you would do a move in their heart. God, that you would, that you would lead them in the way that you have for their life. God, I pray for, for all of the events that are happening through the week. God, keep everyone safe. God, build relationships. God, let this be a spark and a start of something new in Hope Youth. God, the, the start of a new season for the youth ministry here at this church and God, ultimately for the community, God, that, that, that this next generation is gonna be transformed because of what you do in these students' lives this week. We know you have something and we can't wait. We're excited to see what you wanna do, God. Have your hand on them. Have your hand on Sasha and myself as we lead them. Give us, give us, your, give us your spirit, God. Give us your patience. Give us your wisdom. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. Um, how are we going to do this? Well, the first one's got to be the big one. We're doing the first one. So uh, you lifting up. So my name's not in here. So, uh, you know, because I, I, I didn't think that would be too fair. I've been mixing them all service, by the way. Speakers. You, if you win, they're going to swarm you. So you guys, I'm looking over here at, at Aliana over here. Uh, because I'm not going to see the name that's being plugged, and I'm pulling this one out right here, and it's, oh, my mother-in-law, Dee McComick. Hey, there we go. Well, there you go. There you go. At least we know how to get a hold of her. So here's the thing now. This is going to cause me to uh, have to do some work because I'm her tech guy. You know, my other brother-in-law, he's the cow guy. I'm the tech guy. And that prize so, comes with so, install. So now I, I get to do, okay, here we go. There All right, go. for the $50 Visa gift card. That is so funny. Okay, so see, I was over here. Again, I cannot see any of these. I don't know. This is for 50 and it is not Steve Harris. It is uh, Shayla Holsher. Uh, so so she, she uh, that's uh, Kenda Greg. Mm -hmm. and so, so we'll get that we too. Uh, we, we will make sure that she gets the $50 gift card. So this is just a fun little way that we can uh, uh, raise money. And I'm telling you, I think we, we've got... Uh, many of our kids paid for their entire camp uh, by doing this, and you guys helped us uh, with the prizes and stuff. So thank you so uh, very much. Now, dads, uh, we have not forgotten you. Happy Father's Day to you. I, I saw this week the number one holiday. Did you know this? The number one holiday is Christmas, right? Number two holiday is Mother's Day. So Jesus and Mama. Dad's the number 20 number 20 holiday is um, Father's Day. 
Halloween is number six, so the devil gets a better, is more popular than we are, and uh, I don't know why that is, but I know some of you, some of us today we're going to go cook our own lunch uh, on on the, on the grill because that's a good th- bad thing to do. No, I'm, I, I I joke with about that, but I know we're all grateful for our our fathers. We're grateful for dads and uh, and what you guys have done and impacted our life. I believe strong men lead to strong families. Strong families, spiritual families lead to a strong and healthy church. And so I'm grateful for the men of God that are in this church. And uh, so we have a gift for you. And uh, and so uh, it's a gift card to uh, Magic Scoop, one of my favorite places. So ladies, we got y'all crumble cookies. Men get Magic Scoop because we want everybody to be sweet uh, this year uh, there. And so uh, we have we have those. So please come by today. All the men, 18 and older, uh, you get one of those. We've got enough for y'all today. So if you'll come by and see us and, and you say, well, I'm not a dad. I'm 18 and older. Well, you know, uh, we need men of God that are going to uh, parent a fatherless, help parent a fatherless generation. And, uh, and so I have two girls naturally, uh, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of spiritual sons and daughters that I've, I've been able to impact over the years and uh, who didn't have fathers, or maybe their fathers had gone on to be with Jesus. And there's something significant about that. And so uh, we never want to shy away from that. So I just want to pray a prayer blessing over you as we, as we close out today. Next week, Psalm 121. So good. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. And uh, such a good, such a good psalm. I can't wait to share uh, the second part of our series, uh, Mixtape, Volume 1. And uh, let me pray a prayer blessing over you. Father, thank you today uh, for our dads. Thank you for you. We're grateful, God, that you are our heavenly father, our Abba. And God, I pray today that you would bless the, the men of God in this church. I pray that you would bless your church family. God, that you would bless them and keep them, that you would make your face shine down upon them and be gracious to them, and you would give them peace in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. God bless you.